powdered milk was the absolutely most disgusting thing you had to do or you had to drink when you were poor because it was basically chalk and water together in a box you actually had to add the water from the sink and then you put it in your cereal and it just it was awful just fucking awful Yo, this is something fucking from the non-dish Another fat fat track, so with them dick I'm the old shit And let's relax, I said it all night Because of life, man, I'm conscious of both So they can work this for my life I wear a jacket for this thing That's a little old trick Hey, 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 welcome back to the Jones Chronicles This is volume four, I believe <laughs> Y'all know me in math Seriously, I got all D's in high school in math I had an F, but my, was it trigonometry? How the fuck did I get in trigonometry? I don't understand. Like, I barely got through algebra. And I only got through algebra because we had a substitute teacher and they were just really easy to follow. <laughs> and they all put my ass in trigonometry the whole entire time. I was like, what the hell is going on? I don't, and I really tried. I tried so hard. And I think that's why the teacher was like, let me reverse this F. Go ahead and give you a D so you don't fail high school. Because you really did make a fucking effort. (laughs) You just... (laughs) It doesn't make sense to you at all. So we're going to actually switch it up this week. We got some feedback. So I want to hear what Shy has to say. And then... uh, And we'll see what relevant topics arise from there. Hey Christina, it's me Shy. I'm here to give my thoughts and feelings and feedback or whatever you want to call it. For your new series that you got going on jones chronicles not quite sure like what um how i want to go about this um i will say that i am enjoying listening to you go down memory lane and talk about your childhood and all the different things that you've gotten into your family dynamics some of it um I mean, you've talked about um, throughout your other podcasts, so we do get little snippets here and there of your uh, family and the things that, uh, you know, the family dynamics and all of that. So um, just hearing that more um, thoroughly and in more detail is very fascinating. Um, It's definitely bringing back memories for me in my childhood, listening to um, you talk about yours. And it's very funny, the similarities between our, <laughs> the things we experienced growing up. Um, I just, I mean, I just found myself smiling or laughing when I was listening to your, the other podcast because, yes, it's definitely, uh, it's, it's just interesting that, you know, the black experience, <laughs> um, if you want to call it that, it's just uh, the similarities that we we all go through no matter where we're from um and in, in the states because you're from the you said ohio and uh indiana and all that and um 
I'm from Connecticut. I was born, yeah, I'm living in Georgia now, but I was born and raised in Connecticut. But my family's from Georgia, so um, my mom was born and raised in Georgia. So it's just very, very interesting, um, the parallels in our lives. For instance, the, you know, you're talking about getting your first period. Um, I will say that, you know, my mom didn't tell me anything about it. Um, I, it just, it came up, you know, came one day. I, I was a few months shy of my 12th birthday. Um, it was the summer before my, I was born in October. So it was the summer before my 12th birthday. So I was a little bit older than you, um, but not, but just as traumatized, I believe, but in a different way, because like I said, my mom, I did not know about menstrual cycles at all. Um, so it came to me as a complete surprise. I called my mom who was at work in a panic, like, you know, what the hell's happening? You know, all that stuff. And I just remember her (laughs) just being so calm and just so matter of fact, while I'm freaking out, which I guess it's good in a way, but it's like, mom, why didn't you tell me about that? I'm like, what, what, what am I experiencing here? And then I remember her, you know, telling me to go in her bathroom and get a tampon and then stick it, you know, up my hoo-ha. And I'm like, what? No, I'm not sticking this thing. I'm like, how do you do it? Like, what? Oh my gosh, it was so traumatic. So she ended up just saying, get a, you know, like, mom, that's, that's not how you do this. So and she told me to get a pad and then we went from there but I'm like wow I mean looking back on it you know it's like I cannot believe my mom is just so she just wasn't that parent you know when it came to um a lot of those important moments like you were talking about I'm like I'm sure you know the, the white parents the white kids their parents tell them about um just like sex same thing with my mom my mom had me when she was 16. She was 15 when she got pregnant with me, 16 when she had me. And of course to her, the biggest thing that she harped upon me and my sisters was to don't have sex and don't get pregnant. Those, those were her rules. That's it. No, Nothing other than that. You know, no birds and the bees talk, no sit down. I didn't get the old oh, penises or this long or whatever. I didn't get any of that. I just got, you know, don't have sex. And this is what happens when you do have sex. And of course, I didn't want no babies. So I'm like, hell to no. Then teach it, tell it, then tell us about birth control. Then tell us about condoms. Nothing. Just don't have sex. And of course, I kept my legs locked shut because. <laughs> I did not want that. I didn't. I wasn't about that life. Uh, my aunts, you know, a lot of most of my aunts got pregnant as teenagers. I saw what they went through with having, you know, kids, and so I was just like, nope, um, no, that's not the ride I'm taking. So that was my experience when it comes to that. We talked about this as well. I was a daydreamer, an avid reader. Um, I, I would always be in my own head in the, you know, in the fantasy realm. So I thought when I was younger that I was gonna be a writer because I had so many stories in my head that I would write down. And so I would write these, have these ideas and write them down, have these journals, but um, I obviously went a different route. Yes, as far as, you know, we were, 
I mean, I, when I say when I, when I say wild child, I don't mean wild as in behaviors. I mean as in we were allowed to just go explore. You know, as long as we came home by the street light, how the street lights came on, that's all that matters. And I'm like, I mean, looking back, I'm like, damn, I was, we were all over the place. And I'm like, and and it's amazing, you know, there's not the fear that there is today of, you know, being kidnapped or somebody, some sexual predator preying on you, which could have easily happened because we, we, they didn't know where the hell we were for hours. Um, we would just disappear, like get our bikes, roller skates, go to friends' house, go to parks, everywhere. And yes, as long as we made it home, that was the only rule growing up. So, and I'm talking young, um, like six, seven, eight, you know, years old, we were doing that. So very independent, very just out on our own at a young age when I was growing up. Of course, I'm the oldest of uh, four kids. And so, yeah, but you know, it was the same for my sister. Not so my my, this, my next sister, but not my youngest sister. By the time my youngest sister came along, there's a, there's a, was a 14 year age gap between her and I. By the time she came along, my mom was a lot more <laughs> strict. Um, of course, she was older and wiser and, you know, at the age where people normally have kids um, and her, you know, she had my sister in her 30s, so late, well, 20, late 20s, <clears throat> but that's all I have, um, not quite sure, I didn't expect to talk this long, but like I said, your, your podcast really had me reminiscing on things and I'm really enjoying you talk about your family and your experiences and your childhood your first crush all that good stuff I guess I could talk about that in another one because this one's gone on a little bit longer than I anticipated so on that note until next time much love peace and black girl magic queen of the couch shine shy for sharing your experiences and i'm glad that you are enjoying listening to my trips down memory lane yeah i've mentioned a little bit here and there over the years about my family (laughs) it's uh it's quite an experience and it kind of only gets crazier um i too wanted to be a writer when i grew up i remember being in the car being like, I want to be a writer when everybody was saying what their careers were. And I didn't know to be political at this moment with my mother because everyone was like doctor, lawyer. And she turns to me, I thought to be fucking honest. So I was like, I want to be a writer. And she was like, um, that's not a real career and you need talent for that. Luckily, I had Bruce who encouraged me. <laughs> and teachers and I did not allow for my mother's words to ever I mean they always stung she she would definitely throw in some good zingers throughout the years (laughs) but I never let it be a hurdle in my desire to do what I wanted and I do have to give myself a little bit of props for you know whatever made that and me me and my mom are very similar but we're very different like absolutely different i went to a 
uh, what do you call those people? When they read your palm and shit. I can't remember. I can't remember what to call right now. But I went to one in New York, and she was a pretty accurate read. I don't know what she googled. I don't know how they. You know, I think some people are just really good empaths, and they really know how to follow what they um you know what they sense about someone and one of the things she said was that you and your mother are really similar but you are much stronger than she is and it was something that resonated like not in a derogatory way it was kind of you know you take those good things that your mom <laughs> has about her spirit and you also have evolved from that person and that is you know a, a success to not allowing myself to be dragged down by some of her her statements and at one point when I was much over <laughs> older I kind of threw one back at her that I think probably landed with a with a fair amount of thud that I can walk away <laughs> brushing dirt off my shoulder we have an interesting relationship but I love her to death we've already established that um, growing up though I too was called Oreo a lot I really hated it if you don't know what it means it's your black on the outside and your white on the inside it's in the same way that you know if you were Caucasian and you act particularly quote-unquote black then you were called a wigger which is a white boy trying to be a black person so the reason why I was called an Oreo is because I had thing with grammar I was a writer so of course I spoke rather precise but it wasn't just me it was my entire family for the most part my mom did not allow for much slang in the household <laughs> that was she didn't let us listen to hip-hop that's why I listen to rock a lot I need something to express my emotions and my feelings and sometimes R&B just ain't it and then my dad only listened to old Motown so that's what we primarily had to listen to because MTV wasn't discovered. And then when we did discover it, we had to watch it on the DL because we weren't allowed to. So I, I watched a lot of Green Day, <laughs> MTV jams. That was my spot. That was my go-to. That's when I started going in the house because television became this escapism and also, it was right around the time that I broke the window, you know, with the <laughs> with the softball. <laughs> but I used to be really into volleyball. I think I mentioned that earlier. I actually was on TV for a game. They filmed our game, and I actually had the winning shot. It was one of the highlights of my very short-lived athletic career. Um, and then it was all about Doug and the Rugrats and <laughs> MTV when my mom went to work because that's when I can sneak and see it because Lord knows daddy was a Rolling Stone. He was always gone. Um, so when you talked about Shy running free, that was kind of the same thing. We were just out. Not so much that when my parents were home you know we were always looked at very carefully you had rules you wasn't allowed down the street 
pass down the street and you had to be within the backyard you did come in when the street lights came on that was very factual now as my mom started working third shift my mom was a um after my youngest sister was born she was home for a little while then she had to go back and work third shift and that's around the time that we moved that's when we really went buck ass wild <laughs> because she worked third shift so she was all the way gone and my dad worked first shift he would come around home around six give us about five dollars which we would go up to the corner store and just buy nothing but junk and then we'd be buck ass wild whenever he stumbled his ass home one of the most disgusting things I think I've ever seen <laughs> is when he was passed out drunk and he had no damn clothes on and we all had to see his penis. That is fucking disgusting. So around the 11, 12 years, that's when we were really walking down the street by ourselves. I went to this other school. I remember I got, that's how I got frostbite. It's because I was walking home because I missed the bus. Don't ask me what the fuck I was doing where I missed the bus. There's nobody come pick me up. There's no cell phones back then. <laughs> you uh, back when I was around, you had to go to the payphone, put in them damn quarters to call somebody, anybody. But I couldn't do that, and uh, I had to walk my ass home. I got frostbite because it was in the middle of fucking winter. I didn't know what frostbite was either, so I just went home. I was like, why are my fingers like this? Why didn't they really ain't? This don't look good. <laughs> so, of course, I do the first thing that you're not supposed to do. I don't tell my mother or anything. No, I go, well, I don't remember if she's home. But we were not neglected kids. That That is one thing you have to understand with different cultures. Because they, they'll look at this like, oh, my God, you're so neglected. When you're growing up in a, a poverty neighborhood, your parents have to, both parents have to work. So, the money for daycare that's not out there you got four fucking kids five kids like the one that you can afford daycare is the infant i mean for four kids do you know how much that's four hundred dollars four five hundred dollars a month just for fucking daycare so yeah parents had to do what they had to do to provide food and money and all that stuff on the table on top of rent so yeah it became a thing where you when you're in that type of situation the eldest has to take care of the other kids and for the most part i did a pretty good job um we just and it's not that we got into really terrible things i mean i guess to a certain extent and it's not as if i really feel caucasians can act as if they have too much leadway on this because the 30s 40s and 50s y'all just put their their kids was running all buck wild too so don't try to jump on your cross or high horse about that everybody left their kids and y'all wasn't even doing it because you, your parents had to work it was just more like um this is my time and <laughs> i'm not letting you spoil it you go outside i'm gonna sit inside and have these margaritas and watch my shit because kids are not to be bothered by me i worked all day dad ain't trying to hear it he'll play catch with you on tuesday <laughs> on Saturday <laughs> um so there but yes you, uh, out, back to the frostbite story I did the worst thing and I put my hands in hot water to think that would you know he, heat them up that was a terrible idea 
very terrible. You're supposed to put them in cold water. <laughs> Too late, I realized that. Do you know all of the skin peeled off of both of my hands? It was insane. I, of course, um, was kind of OCD and was like, yeah, I'll just peel all this shit off. This is kind of fascinating. <laughs> But in hindsight, uh, it was pretty. I should have probably went to the fucking hospital. But hospitals also weren't a thing. You didn't go to the hospital when you were sick. No. You sweated it out. <laughs> Dad turned up the heat. You had some chicken noodle soup with some cayenne pepper in it. And that's what you did. Um, you sweat that shit out. You had some honey with some tea. Every type of whatever. But you did not go to the hospital because we don't have no money be paying this bills not that this is you know is it before i can't remember when you know those programs where you can get medicaid or um when you have children there was more assistance with that but i felt as if i don't know i was missing something about that story (laughs) on um why that is but it also could be because parents just did not want to take you to the hospital they were shit about that. Even when I broke my leg at one point, my mom did not want to take me to the hospital. Here I am. I can't walk down the fucking steps. And she yelling at me from the car like, come on. Like, um, I can't fucking bend this knee. I think something's wrong. You alright? <laughs> Wasn't only until I'm like, look, this shit is swollen three times the size. I think I really need to go to the hospital and then they reluctantly take you like oh and i get it it's like eight hours just in the waiting room because <laughs> there is no rush and we gotta get back there they're like yeah so she sprained her uh leg i mean she she really fucked that up she needs some crutches and here's some vicodin <laughs> my mom trying to get more of the vicodin she was such a hot ass mess talking about so how much is her prescription she trying to pop my pills again very interesting relationship <laughs> with my mother um growing up she very much resented the fact that she had five children and she was not quiet about that matter she was also bipolar as fuck like really fucking bipolar um so i have to give it to her though because at 10 years old that's when shit got well no actually it was around 13 so we haven't gotten to that story yet where i think that's when she went batshit like she was calm at this point until the teenage years and that's when she went off her rocker but there were a lot of additional uh factors into that um one of them is (laughs) that was around the time my dad became sober and became a whole other type of abusive person but um i will say around this time 11 12 is when i started coming to the person that i wanted to be and i was always very clear about that I, i i have to say i was blessed with that real forethought i know i mentioned earlier like things my mom will say i can't do like when she told me i couldn't get my license or i said i was going for my license but she wouldn't teach me how to drive to pass my license test so i paid 250 dollars for six hours of driving lessons and then 
I went to go take my test and she's like, you're going to fail right before my test. And then I brought back and I threw the license plate right at her through the license, not license plate. <laughs> Should have thrown the license at her. And then she was like, I said it because I wanted you to be proud. I was like, your bullshit is, I can smell it from afar. She had issues, man. She had issues, particularly with her children. I think we still have a, a very um, complex relationship. But it was at this time in my life, around 11 and 12, they still were having issues with my dad's drinking so when he became drunk he was just belligerent he was mean he was just one of those really abusive people and he would get into fights with my mom now i'm not saying my mom is weak she would be the i mean they would be boxing it out up in there and it came to a point where i was like man you know what i'm tired of you I'm tired of this shit. So I decided I was gonna just jump into that. Yeah, just propelled my ass at 11 years old <laughs> into the fights. Did I take some? Yeah, took some licks. And then my mom would never appreciate the fact that I was trying to stop her from getting her ass beat. Like there was no, hey, it was always stay the hell up out of it. Stay the hell up out of it thing of it is i had to be the one in the other room comforting my sisters as they're crying and my brother and i hated it i, I absolutely hated it and i think it started this trend in me that still exists which is the protected or advocate personality if we're getting uh myers-briggs about it <laughs> um it i believe it pretty much started around this time where I did not like people taking advantage of other people. It just, I could not stand still and let that happen. So I pretty much started, this was my first initial fight was around 11 jumping in. I remember though, I got a whooping later on. It wasn't at this particular fight, but I had did something and, um, my dad came and found me while I was in the shower and decided that's when he was going to give me the whooping with a belt. And I broke my arm. And to this day, I have um, the spot where uh, it bled through the skin. It's a very fuzzy memory, too. But I hated getting whoopings. I absolutely, because you know, black people whoopings are not like, Charlie, go to the corner. You're gonna, you're gonna, I'm gonna give you a count of three, Charlie. One. Now I said, or whatever the case may be, maybe a swap on the booty. Nah, they make you go outside, find the fucking stick that they're gonna beat you with. <laughs> and then it can't be a thick ass, it need to be a thin stick. I also hated getting secondhand beatings. If you're the eldest child, you get secondhand beatings. You get in trouble for shit you didn't even do because you somehow should have done something about it. My, my sister stole my glasses when I was at school. She broke my glasses. She gets a whooping. I get a whooping too. I shouldn't have let her steal my glasses. Well, she's a fucking bully. My sister used to do things and blame it on me and I used to get whoopings. Man, I was the whooping queen. 
So also I was like, shit, it's time for me to fight back. I did a lot of fighting in the coming years <laughs> definitely when we went to the new house I also um, got another crush it's a lot of things that happened at the new place that for some reason was across the street from a school as well and it's also the first time I felt the wrath of an extension cord we'll talk about that and more on our next episode <laughs> we'll definitely get into the fuck farm that became my house uh when i was a teenager so we'll get to all those stories if you want to send any type of feedback like on gmail.com you can leave a comment below my social media will be there as well remember to like share subscribe until the next time peace hair grease black on magic <laughs>